Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers, live from Calgary. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we are joined via our 101 ESPN celebrity line by Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at JP Rutherford. JR, how are you? <laughs> I remember that day uh, like it was yesterday, Anthony. We're talking about college football, and I'm trying to carry my weight. So I tell you, uh, they got that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. It was great. It's, it's, it's an inside joke that I'll always remember, JR. Um, yeah, and I'll remember, too, uh, we were talking about LSU, and you said, do you know their team name? And I said, yeah. And you said, all right, prove it. <laughs> I said, Trojans. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, Jr. You've uh, you've come a long way, though. You you know yeah. that now they are the Tigers. So yeah, um, I know you were listening earlier when we were talking to Coach Craig Berube, and he he noted to us that he's thinking about lineup changes among the bottom six forwards, and then also on defense for tomorrow night's game. What do you think he's he one? What do you think the changes are? And two, what do you think Coach is going for here? Yeah, he always drops some good clues with you guys. Uh, I guess in terms of in and out of the lineup, there's really not much you could do up front. You know, Alexandrov went back to being a healthy scratch after Buchnevich came back, but I'm sure he's alluding to uh, moving some guys around. And the hint that he dropped with you guys was uh, Jake Neighbors earning some ice time up the lineup, which uh, we've seen the past couple games. I thought that he was one of the Blues' top two or three players last night, along with Alexei Torpchenko. We saw both of those guys. Uh, climb up a couple lines so that's I think what we could probably see from the start of the game like a uh, guys like neighbors and, and Torpchenko up top um, not to, not the top line but within the top uh, nine and then I think uh, on defense I think we're probably going to get our first look at Robert Bortuzzo and or Scott Prinovich I think that uh, there's been some hiccups in the defensive end and, and not necessarily to uh, point the finger at Scandella and Tucker but I think at some point you got to get Bortuzzo and Prinovich in, and I think this is probably the time. JR, as you watch the the Blues playing here in the first handful of games, um, you know what are you seeing from this team? Because I know you dropped a few things in the Twitterverse or the Xverse, whatever we want to call that. You had some comments about that, and I always find it interesting because you know I obviously look at it sometimes from a coach's standpoint or a broadcaster, like breaking it down. But in your opinion, what are you seeing from this team right now? Well, to me, it's it's all about the zone time. And uh, as we would have it this week, the NHL launched a new part of their website that shows some new advanced stats. And you hear the term advanced stats, and you say, I don't want to hear about the analytics. Well, 
that's not necessarily what I'm talking about here. Uh, they, they've launched this uh, website that has offensive zone time and defensive zone time, and I'm writing about this for tomorrow at The Athletic. And now just the eye test, the three of us, we can watch the games and know that they're not getting enough time in the O zone and they're spending way too much time in the D zone. But as I look at it right here, the Blues in the offensive zone they're dead last, number 32 in the league, spending just 35.8% of their puck possession time in the offensive zone. And conversely, you look at the D zone, you think they might be dead last there too. It turns out third to last, uh, just behind Chicago and San Jose, two kind of bottom-dweller teams. But the Blues, 45% of their play is in the defensive zone. So you can get into the nitty-gritty and talk about the passing and puck support being you know, five-foot passes, things like that. But to me, it's, it's what they're uh, not doing, and that's occupying the offensive zone, which is forcing, a, forcing them to spend a lot of time in their D zone. Jeremy Rutherford joins us right now on the fast lane on 101 at ESPN. JR, I know that you had put out a, an article last night or earlier today talking about Doug Armstrong's 1,000th regular season game as the Blues general manager. Uh, quite an impressive run for the uh, GM. Of course, uh, this is somebody that you've covered a long time. When you look back on the 1,000 you know games there's a lot to certainly unpack but there is there one like time period that stands out more than the rest outside of of course the Stanley Cup run yeah I think so I think uh you know probably that 2013 14 15 when they kind of started to build and uh and create that team that eventually went to the Western Conference Final and I think that was about the first time in what 15 16 years that a Blues team had gone that far you know, you're, Doug Armstrong was bringing in players, Anthony, and, and uh, things would come together for certain stretches of the season, or, or this player would come in and do well. But I think in terms of uh, a team coming together and, and putting it together in the, in the playoffs, I think that's when it started to come to fruition. And, you know, the one thing that we can never forget is you're going to always give credit to that 2019 team, the, the Stanley Cup team. But as Doug said in the article, and he said in the past, you know, there's a lot of other people who might have left before 2019 who played a part in that, uh, you know, whether it be a coach who coached up a player for a couple of years before he left, and then you know, that player was a vital part to the 2019 run, or it could have been a, a player who left, but he, he taught and mentored some of those guys who were on that 2019 team. Uh, so I think that uh, what he's done, and you talk to people around the league, uh, just the respect that he has for building a competitive team year after year after year, 10 Ten years in the playoffs out of twelve years is uh, not too shabby. No, it's really impressive, uh, and I think that's one thing that Blues fans have to be very thankful for is that, you know, when Army had come aboard, not as a GM yet, but GM in waiting, we'll call it. This team was in transition, to say the least. Rebuild, transition, call it whatever you want, um, and they turned it around and made this team very competitive for you know, like you said, ten of the twelve years making the playoffs, which is great. And one of the players that you know, was added to this mix, a great find by the Blues, uh, was Colton Pareko. And, you know, JR, I, I know you wrote an article about Colton Pareko um, as the season was beginning or before it started, and he was very honest with, you know, what he thought of his play, and, you know, he felt that he owed it to the fans to continue to play as hard as he possibly can. But, man, watching him play this year, I feel like I'm watching a completely different player than I was last year. Well, if you wouldn't have said that, I was going to say that. I feel like I'm watching a different player. You're talking about about a guy who's assertive, 
you know, it doesn't look like he's going to sit around and wait for something to happen. He's making things happen. And, you know, we've seen it a couple times already. Craig Gruby touched on it uh, the other night. You know, he grabs the puck behind the, his own net, and uh, 200 foot later he's making something happen in front of the other uh, team's net. And I think that's, that's where Colton Pareko is at his best. And, and I think defensively, you know, we can talk about the new system and, and what they're doing, but it, it's working for him. He's following guys into the corner, Riv. He's digging pucks out. He's winning puck battles that he didn't win last year. And, you know, as he said in that article that you talked about, you know, he was thinking too much. So it, it definitely looks like he's cleared his mind. He's not thinking. He's reacting. And you can totally tell. Bennington, I think, has been – the Blues' best player in terms of who sticks out the most. But to me, as far as the skaters go, it it definitely has been Colton Pareko. JR, is there any other player that you have been kind of uh, surprised in a good way to to see them start the season the way they have, of course, besides Bennington and Pareko? Yeah, I I would say uh, Jordan Cairo. And I know maybe the offense hasn't come yet. Maybe that top line hasn't clicked yet. But if you had to write down a list of three or four things at the start of the season that you wanted to see, it would be Colton Pareko playing well. It would be Jordan Bennington playing well. And it would be Jordan Cairo figuring it out on the defensive end. And I'm not saying he's there yet, but I've seen four or five plays that you wouldn't have seen the the past couple years from Jordan Cairo. So, hey, we can call it small steps or, or whatever, but I think five games into the season, uh, still a long ways to go, but he's making some of those plays that I think the coaching staff has been asking from him for a long time here. Jared, another guy that I think we'd be remiss not to mention, quite honestly, and who's really impressed me has been Justin Falk. He's standing mm-hmm. guys up at the blue line. He's got that physicality. He looks way more assertive than he has before. He does, and whether that's uh, you know a reaction to the change in the system or you know just being the veteran type of guy who wants to put last year behind him because he was one of the more vocal players uh, just wanting to put last year behind him and, and move forward and try to be a leader on this team, which he is. You know, I, I agree with you. He's played outstanding. You saw that play. You were probably 50 feet away, Riv, last night where, you know, he does lose the puck. And what does he do? He knocks the guy on his keister to get that to try to help get that thing back. So uh, he's always been a guy to me who – you know, he's not a Tory Kruger or Scott Pernovich, but he's a little bit undersized, but he still plays big. And uh, if you see him in the offensive end, uh, you know, I, I'm doing this chart right now, hardest shot on the Blues this season. I think he's uh, second or third on that list, uh, granted just five games, but he's got the shot. You know, he can, he, he's can. he got a tight, tight gap in the defensive end. Uh, he can do so many things, and I think you're right. I think he's off to a really good start as well. JR, good stuff. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Good stuff, too, on the, the Doug Armstrong article and the Colton Preka article from this past offseason because we've been referencing a lot with the way that he has played. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you next week. Will do. Thanks, guys.